handkerchiefs, tablecloths, tea towels, towels, shirts. The hot starch. You had to squeeze the colours with your hand. Lace curtains were very popular in those days and they'd get the, the blue, the record blue. Outside the laundry, we put up a fight. For a fortnight's holiday, they say we'd have to strike. So we went marching up and down as we nearly did for half a crown. We are a fighting people who will not be put down. And there were so many laundries. There was the Kelso, there was Middletown, there was uh, White Heather, White Swan, Dunlop, Swastika, Harcourt Street. Mr Billy Athley now is going to say a few words. Uh, Deputy Lord Mayor, colleagues and friends, uh, is it my privilege and pleasure to welcome you all here this, this evening to celebrate uh, the 50 commemoration of the 1945 laundry strike. Uh, it is a pleasure to do so on this occasion and to give a hearty welcome to all those women who fought for and won the fortnightly paid holidays as a basic minimum. It felt we were badly put done by. It took us 13 weeks to get a fortnight's holidays. 13 weeks. We're really wonderful people now, I'll have to say it, and, and at the reunion after 50 years. There were some wonderful people there even still, you know, and... Of course, all the deceased members, they went TB and some weren't strong enough and they just went under. That I was granted tonight is that we could reinstitute the solidarity and commitment that existed in 1945 amongst workers today. On behalf of the National Executive Council of SIPTU, I want to pay a tribute to all of the people who took part in that dispute. Uh, to thank them on behalf of workers generally and the labour movement in particular and to say tonight we honour you and we commemorate you and we salute you. Thank you very much. Then they gave us one week but we wanted two and we well deserved it for the work we had to do. Therefore a long nine hours a day in heat and steam, we have to stay. So they gave us one week out of 52. That meant the washing machines came in and the spin dryers and all. Laundries went one by one. So there's a, a woman I was speaking to the other day and she's crying over the Kelso laundry being gone. That's only That's the last yeah. to go now. We leave it all up to you to join us in our battle to gain what is our due. Well, I started working in the laundry myself when I was 18 years of age. And I also had a sister there working there, Evelyn. And I... Because of my height now, I was picked for the packing room and that was for considered a, an office kind of a job, you see. And you worked there from Tuesday to Saturday and because there was no work ready on Monday, you went into the check-in room. Now, that was entirely different to the packing room. You actually got all the 
laundry when it was soiled and some would be in good condition. Now, I was in the semi-finish. There was a full finish and a semi-finish department and I was in the semi-finish department. I started when I was 14 and I learned how to starch men's collars. That time, all men wore starch collars. Then I was put over to the shirt department. I was put on a machine. You'd done the neckbands and the cuffs. Then I was put on body machines. You'd done all the bodies. Eventually, I went on doing the fronts, which sometimes you had to do dress wear. Now, that was starched and borax was put into that to make it shine, to get the shine on the starch. And that was my life in the shirt department. I started at 12 and 6 a week, from 8 to 6. And at 8 to, 8 to 12, or half 12 on a Saturday. That's right. At 12 and 6 and a week. And 4 o'clock for us are packers. 4 o'clock for us are packers. That's right. You have to work for 4 years before you get 32 and 6. One pound 12 and 6 after 4 years. But we loved every minute of it. Loved every minute of it. And then when you're under 18, if you were under 18, you'd be in at half eight in the morning and half at six. But we often walk at 10 o'clock at night and for three hours we get 10 pence. But we loved it. We loved every minute of us. Loved it. Well, I'm delighted to be here today. Lucky to be alive. And delighted that we're recognised. We did, for Manon Naherin, we didn't do wrong things, but we struck for them in 1945. But with the mortgages today, nobody can strike. We, we had no mortgages. And they're all looking well. It does us no harm, did it? And you are lucky if you had a, a slice of bread and jam. Is that right? She used to send me down. Oh, will I tell you? Her husband, her husband worked there as well at the dry cleaning, you see. And she used to call me and she'd say... Lila, will you go down and ask Shay how to be the lunch? So I'd walk in Shay and I'm Pessa, you know. I said, what is it now? And I said, no. Mamie wants to know, have you little bit of lunch? Tell her no. Ah, Shay. Well, all I hear, she still won't be satisfied. <laughs> it was so, it was so, it was so hard at the time. You did eat anything at this. You were hungry. We're, we were always happy. Happy. We were happy. Happy. Everyone helped one another. <laughs> and we danced. And we did. And play. here we are, 50 years later, ready for another life. And for years we were brought out to a dance. And do you know what we got on our way home? Oh, don't tell a glass of milk and a cake in High Street. Oh, that's right. No that's drinking right. at the time. A glass of milk and High Street and, and a cake. And a bonus on a Friday, I bought a single a chip in Rialto. Uh, well, here we are. She was a hacker and I was a packer. And you know, in those days we used to say the rosary in the laundry. Oh, yes. I think that's what gave us the strength to walk. Yeah. Rosary and the, the angelus. Oh, yeah, we all start for the angels. Oh, yeah. <laughs> if you want to look at a happy life and to continue it, just look at us laundry workers. Yeah. After 50 years, yeah. 
Yeah. We're still going strong. Yeah. So. One over there, and it's a whole lot over there. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. It was hard times. It was hard times. But at least, Johnny, Johnny thing about it was, you could walk the streets of Dublin and you could leave the key in the hall door because everyone only had a dresser table and chairs. There was nothing to rob. Nothing to rob. If you were following your sister Claudia, I had to throw them out the window and get behind the bush, the garden, and put them on and take them off before I went in. Well, that's the way we lived. That's the way we lived. But we were happy. We had to get in a glass of milk and cake like in a few old Kayleys and a walk from Parnell Square to Mount Brown. Well, here's our usual evening feature today in Ireland, and this is Larry Murrow. There's good and not so good news about the food position in Ireland today. And if the bad news is something we can't avoid, owing to the difficulties of importing foodstuffs from abroad, the good news is something we can congratulate ourselves on in a double sense. For it shows that the country, as far as home-produced foodstuffs are concerned, is getting on with this most important of all present-day jobs. Well, the bad news, at least for the man on the street, is simply that the government has announced the scheme for rationing tea. From early next month, Irish men and women will have to make do on two ounces of tea per week. There will also be the washroom, where all these poor unfortunate women, I used to say, worked. And they worked very, very hard there. And the machines now, like if you're talking about washing machines, you'd be looking at a Benedict's or a Sanusi today, it wouldn't be... These were huge, big iron machines. They were actually working itself to open those machines, don't mind, to uh, to use them. Now, they were, well, you know when clothes get wet, well, that machine was lifted up, opened up, and they had to manually lift all those heavy, wet clothes and put them into these hydros and press them in. And as these hydros were, uh, hydros were drying, they... They clammed all the clothes together, you see, and this was another uh, hard work to get them out of that machine. And then you had all these big baskets on wheels and they were thrown into that and separated and sent to each department. It was noisy, I can tell you that. Very, very noisy. And the wash house was very big now. Really large. Big machines, washing machines. Big hydro which is known now as a spin dryer, fairly large. And you've seen women with big Wellingtons on them, working like Trojans to rear their families, six and seven children. And they did, they worked hard. I've seen one woman go home, very pregnant one night, had the baby that night and came back the following Monday. There was the calendar, and that was for the sheets, the towels, the quilts, and, you know, they used heavy quilts and all in those days, pillowcases. Now, they went through that, and there was nothing to protect your hands from going in at the start, and so you had many a scorched finger. I worked up in full finish. Yes, you see. I was up in full finish, and do you want somebody who was down in semi that day? Yeah, well, there's nothing much really to tell, only that yeah. we went in at eight. Weren't we in at eight? Yeah, the whole laundry came We went to in us. on a Monday morning at eight o'clock. Now, I was only very young. I wasn't, uh, what would you say? Uh, we were all only juniors. Yeah, we were only juniors. 
And I was feeding through the calendar. Do you know what the calendar is? The six rollers. And uh, we were feeding in silk stuff, pink silk stuff. And it was coming near 11 o'clock and the frost was on the ground. And I was feeding in and my hand went in. And as my hand went in, the, the guard didn't stop. So it went in and it was sizzling in the calendar. But there was nobody there knew how to turn the pressure off. That's correct, yeah. That's we had a right. big wheel, you see. Yeah. And they were, they were all so young that they didn't know how to turn off the pressure, to let the pressure up, you see. So, of course, um, I think it was Jimmy Doyle or Jimmy... Yes. I was knocking around with Jimmy Doyle yeah. at the time. That's right. <laughs> you were doing a line Yeah, we were doing a line. Actually, we were doing a line. One of the men had to run in. So one of the men ran in and took the pressure up. So uh, my hand meantime, came out. the fingers was being burned. Burned, sizzling. Yeah. Sizzling. But wasn't there... So the hand dropped down like that, you see. This one. And I, I had to wait for the ambulance to come to take me to the meat house. And I was in the hospital from the Monday, and my mother, she, Lord rest her, she never got word till four o'clock that day. She was expecting me home for lunch. I was in for 27 weeks. 27 weeks. Well, I was lucky like that I got the thumb. But that was me. I was finished in the laundry then. Really. I mean, we really sweated in that place. We really oh, we did, yes, Particularly yes. up in where the machinery was. Yeah. Particularly where the machinery was. I mean, you were literally drinking your sweat there all day. We were only getting 14 shillings, weren't we? And for the money we were getting. Oh, and yes. If we worked, we had to work the finish of a Friday. And if we didn't finish, we had to go in Saturday morning. And we yes. went Saturday morning, we might finish again 10, half 10. And that was it. We had to get up at oh, 7 yes. or 6 to be in work at 8. And we'd finish at that. And they wouldn't pay us the overtime for that. Not a shilling extra no, did no. we get for that. And the linen had to be really perfect for the hotels. We used to do well, all the linen. I gave up a shop job to go into the calendar just for the sake, because the shop was working till 11 at night and I wanted to be off to go dancing. And uh, I gave her up into going to Landry and spent my day crying into the pillowcases coming off the back of the machine because uh, they were roasting. And uh, you, you just got so you you had to pick them up whether you liked oh, yes. it or not. They were burning the hands the off. The heat you. was intense, wasn't it? You were like unless you experienced it. And yet the girls had started oh, yes. singing. Yes. Sir. And there was. And we had a great thrilling. time when the strike was on. We used to go to Sea Point and everywhere. The weather was beautiful. Yeah, Mammy was there. Oh, yes. Yeah, my mother and Lily and myself. We were all there mm. at the time. It was all through the emergency. That emergency was the biggest con. They cuddled the workers left, right and oh, centre with did, that yes, emergency. Yeah. yeah, they did. I mean, you have no idea the way they worked this. I mean, at a quarter to six, they'd walk up in the room and say, you're working, you're working till seven. And you'd know, come back, you had to stay. You had to stay, yes. Oh, yes. Yeah. Like, you know, and we worked till seven o'clock Monday night, seven o'clock Tuesday yes, night. Yes. Nine o'clock Wednesday, Thursday, and work to finish Friday. Could you imagine any of the teenagers doing that today? And the strike was all only over for fortnight's holiday. The they, strike was you know, over. That's all, but the strike yeah. was over. They just wanted a fortnight's holiday, and yeah. they wouldn't give it. This is the first Christmas of the war.
as we sit by our firesides with our families happily around us, we should fervently thank God that we in this country have been so far spared from all this evil. It is true that our people have been called on to bear hardships. The shortage of many necessities has brought us privations, lack of raw materials for our industries, and consequently... Well, now, during the war, now, that brought more problems because um, there was, uh, we had to wait to get the use of the gas, the electricity, powder was scarce, soaps were scarce. Soap that would have done for, uh, you know, a day, had to do us a month at that time. Now, being in the packing room, I would get the tail, well, most of us would get the tail end of that. And uh, because in the other departments, they had to wait for the time. Oh, the whole hours were disrupted, in other words. And so the later they were left, the later we had to work. The need was exhaustion. Exhaustion. You were... You worked hard all the week. Now, you couldn't have a holiday because you couldn't afford it. Now, my holiday was, maybe you hear this, out to Port Marnock. Now, we had lovely summers. Out to Port Marnock every day, me and another girl. But before I went, I took a rag and some sherry in it and then sandwiches. And we lay there in the sun all day. And when we came back after our first fortnight of our life, some people thought we were after being on the continent, but we were out in Port Marnock lying every day of our life. You, I, I can't, I don't, despite the fact I say exhaustion, I danced. That was my whole interest in life. I went off to it. We worked till half eight, and there was a good band coming from England. I was there. You know, you kind of got energy back when you heard the music or the, your favourite band. It wouldn't be like the bands now. It would be Joe Loss. Harry Rye. Harry Rye. All, all those kind of big bands. But it was really hard now. I mean it sincerely. Uh, the heat, dampness, everything. If you've seen women walking around in wellies. You know, big thick wellies. On and them. water flowing all the time around their feet. And you see... The only thing that kept most of those women going was their families. They had to provide for their families. And it didn't matter what hours they put in. Actually, it wasn't those women who could really afford to say, we'll go out on strike. It had to be somebody else that was looking back, at, looking out at them, doing this horrific work. And long hours... Now, do you see the younger, the younger ones that went in there? Well, ballroom dancing came into its own, and the music was fabulous. And as well as my sister was saying there about the visiting, we had our own great bands. And uh, we had Neil Cairns, Lord Restman, uh, what there was a Frank Parks's band, and um, if you looked in there now, they they left that uh, dance hall. At, or the laundry at eight o'clock, and if you looked in at that hall, you wouldn't believe there were laundry workers, and could they dance? I'm telling you, they were fabulous. Now they really were, 
And that's what, that's what gave them the energy to come in the next day and do the work. And you must remember, like, every day was a long day for them. Every day of their life. I'd be, I'd be played, I'd be knackered when I'd get home, to be quite honest with you. But I'd have a bath. And I'd say, I don't think I'll go. Tomorrow's a heavy day. Ah, I'm gone. And off I'd go. And I, once I got into that bottom, I never thought that I'd been working all day for eight hours. Now, it was eight hours. And two or three would be there now. Some would say such a band is in the Olympic. We used to love uh, jazz bands, Sid Phillips and all those. And we'd all go. And we'd stay there till 12 o'clock. And we were never late for work the next morning. And we got on with our job. Now, I will say, of although it was very, very hard, you had a lovely atmosphere, a good laugh. And then when I came home, I couldn't go out on a Tuesday night. I did all the earning at home. And there was nine of us. Shirts and all, everything. And that time the sheets were on. But I must have been an energetic person because I got there. Then when it was a nice evening, we all had bikes and we'd all go out to Black Rock and have a little dip in the water and come back in about 11 o'clock. Now, it was simple, but we enjoyed it. There was a certain element now in the ballroom had most beautiful clothes. They were all tailored and fitted, you know, not as casual today as they are, you know. And there was um, there was a lot of crepe uh, de chine, which was, as Evelyn was saying, very, very warm, but lovely pastel shades and that, you know. And uh, I can remember now, they used to have um, triangle pockets and they'd be smocked you know, and very fitted in to the figure, you know. Uh, they wouldn't be very calf length, you know, and uh, tailored coats, and every every woman wore a hat, you know, poor and otherwise, it had a hat, you know. And um, there was great competition now among the dancers, and uh, ladies' choice, or uh, a mix, excuse me, and there was the tangos and the foxtrots, slow walls. And, uh, and the men all assembled at the end of the room in their droves. And the women sat and they had to wait for the men to come and pick them up. And they all had their partners, you know, but even if they weren't going with them. And most people met their husbands there. Most of the women met their husbands in the ballrooms. Like Jordan Awarna, a few of them met. Ursulan, they met Yanks. Yeah. Got married. Went to America. And every man wore a suit in those days. A shirt and collar and a tie. Irrespective of what they walked at. Yeah. It was 
There was seven life then. He went out and he went back by 12 o'clock. A most enjoyable time of your life, that was. She was improving a lot. And we all had a, a farewell party in the canteen. She was up on the counter. And she was singing. Going off and we were all singing to her. And when she got over to America, he was married. And a, a, another person she met on the plane... Her chap was waiting with loads of flowers and she thought, what a beautiful greeting for her. But he told her to go out on the main street and sell them. <laughs> they walked, they left him. <laughs> they went from bad to worse, you know what I mean? But the, the person that she was to marry, she ended up marrying his brother. Did she? So she could stop in America. Oh, very nice. Yeah. <laughs> No, I only have I only have one little thing to say. I got more money when I was out on strike than I did working. So that's all I remember about the strike. <laughs> I know he will. I'm not giving me name. I won't give me name. While yeah, we were we out did, strike, we, did, we? We, did. we fought for everybody, don't forget. The records, we know records. Ah, that was in Dunlop. We know records in the White Swan. In Dunlop, you see. We know records at home, you hadn't even got a radio. Anna Mills used to play one record, uh, Rose of San Antonio. Do you remember that, please? Yes, we're lucky in Dunlop. Do you remember Alan Mills used to play the record? Oh, we had records. In Dunlops. In Dunlops. In Dunlops. Yes. We loved it while you worked. We were before. And the, the quicker the music went, the quicker you worked. <laughs> oh, that was the idea. That was the idea. Very good. I think that was. There was no one on a diet. We all come out like that. Rose of Sun and Tom. <laughs> I say, she used to say, I folded like the freest. Melody. That's all. That's all. All along, it was there I found inside the Alamo. I don't know. Enchantment. Now, we used to have bag, net bags. This is classic. Net bags that they put hankies and loose collars in so they wouldn't get lost in the machine. And this friend of mine... She didn't say nothing to me, but she came in with the Olympic. 
she came in one night and I looked and she had two net bags sewn and made into the most beautiful blouse you've ever seen. And the girl that was with me said, I didn't know she could crochet. <laughs> so I said, so, Patty, two net bags there, isn't it lovely? It was beautiful, Anna. Then other people did borrow skirts, blouses, bring them back the next month. They were called sparrows. They used to fly in and out. <laughs> Have you got any sparrows? Ah, <laughs> oh, yes. At mm. that time, there was a lot of dinner dances, you know, different firms. And if a really nice ball dress came in and they were asked to a dinner dance, that went. No, but now let's put it this way: I would die. I never done it, but I would die if now I smoked. Then if I and the ash went on the dress, I, I I'd die or I'd be sacked one or the other. Oh, they done it. They done it. They borrowed. They borrowed the clothes and then they brought them in the next morning and had them done again and went out to the customer. You know, and um, the only thing was in the laundry was you got. You could bring in laundry and you got half price. You didn't pay full price for anything. And a lot weren't happy with that. And it would be when you'd be checking out, you know, and you wouldn't be aware, you see, that you had a, a lobation, they used to say. <laughs> <laughs> so the word had come down, the grapevine, Kitty, there's two lobations on that journey. And so to hide, you know, and, and I may tell you now, it was the biggest parcel ever I saw. And, and to hide that parcel... And yet, it was extraordinary. There was girls got away with that, but I always recall one of my friends, and she had a grandfather who used to wear the long John. Johns, the woolen Johns, and she found it very hard to get them dry. And one of these days, she said to me, "I'm going to bring in my granddad's long Johns. Will you look after them for me?" She said, "When they, when they come to the packing room, they had to go through the." So I said, yeah, I will. But they never reached me. And I went up and I told her before I went home, I said, I didn't get anything like that. Oh, she said, no, Kitty, I'm after being up in the office. I'm on a week's notice. She was caught with one pair of long John. So, where are you? Lobbation. Lobbation. Those were lobbations. That's, no one would know what you were saying. Like, yeah, you know, you know. That there's a lobby. Lobbation. In case anyone would be around at it. Here, you know, the management. And, uh, so there was a lot of hassle. You had, you know, the, it never ended with you just doing your work and sending it out. Had to be looking for letters yeah. out of their pocket. Yeah, and I can imagine that. Oh yeah. yeah, I found one. I had it. I just threw it in a box. And I was trying to piece it when he was looking for it. That this one, the wife's not supposed to see, and I'm trying to piece it all together, but I couldn't. But I brought it up to the office and I said, "There's that letter. That was the part of Matt and Elsie getting the pockets." And you don't them find days, money. Lo- like oh, loads a of good money. Good sum of money. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Just have to hand it in. Yeah. And things that they're all talking about now, they be in the pocket. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing's new. <laughs> There's nothing new. No, no. <laughs> but then there was lots of things that I didn't like about it. Uh, not, the, not the workers. You would never, never get workers like them. Friends. And so we all decided... We would go ahead and join the union and do something about our problems. And we got down and we listed them. And we tried to uh, we tried to negotiate. So eventually, anyway, 
we had to go and do the right thing, show them that we meant business, and we did that. And from there on, we we succeeded, and we got a fortnight holiday for everyone in Dublin. People mightn't appreciate that today, but that was the most wonderful thing that ever happened. Everyone hoped it would be resolved before we went out at all. And I will actually say, um, Miss Jennifix and uh, company, they, they really thought, too, that the threat would be enough. Because you must remember, it wasn't one member of a family working there. Every family, if they hadn't got a mother and daughters, there were sisters. And so the final crunch was we were all called together, you see, in the mansion house. It was so, there were so many staff like that. They had to use the mansion house, the round room. And it was packed, packed galore. And so the sad news was that they couldn't negotiate any further. And so lo and behold... The strike was declared and also we never thought it would go 13 weeks, you see. So it was beautiful weather, this, you know, the sunshine, so we hadn't much problem uh, outside striking with our little poles, you see, going up and down. And uh, it, was, it was great. There was great support now from the public. And... Um, then the butchers used to come up and down and ask how we were doing. And financially, they they when when money was going low in the union, as it always does, they uh, butchers used to collect and send us up a few bob, and that was never forgotten. But it was hilarious all during these thirteen weeks being called to the mansion house and and, and no 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 it's all now all or nothing at all and. So the officials then kind of got into the swing of it with us. Louis Bennett. Louis Bennett and Miss Jennifer. Miss Jennifer. Um, they, they now, they were very strong because at that time uh, it was all men and the transport union and every, every union seemed to entail men. But they, they were wonderful and uh, the strength came from them, you see. I mean, if you weren't organised, uh, it's all right for for us to get ourselves together in a laundry. But if you haven't got a headquarters to go to and to advise you and to keep things on an even keel, and uh, they were really very strong, powerful women and they let nothing go. And they had really had hoped to negotiate that without a strike. But I'll have to say for them this, they stuck to their guns and they got what they wanted. Well, sure, as regards to strike, well, what can you say about it? It was good while it <laughs> with a <the> brilliant summer. <laughs> well, all I can say is that I met my husband there. He worked in it as well. And this is my sister-in-law. I got married there in 54. And this is my sister, uh, my two sisters and us. So I'm, I'm doing well out of it, actually, in one sense, you know. So, and I loved it, every minute of it. I loved it especially doing me washing on the side. <laughs> we called, you, we called that getting sparrows done. The sparrows were what you brought it in and didn't pay for it. You just got them washed and sneaked them out. And they were called sparrows. The sparrow journey was the best journey of the last. We looked after them better than the customers. <laughs> 
bus so there is a lot of good memories in Emmaus, yeah. Mind you, it was a brilliant summer. It was like the summer just gone. We had a great time then. We no money, but we enjoyed it. Butcher, it's all in the past now. We got, but we had some good memories of the story. It's a lot of happy memories. There's one girl met her husband and well, she was on pick a duty. She was doing pick a duty. He used to be going up and down on his bike to work. And he saw her and he fell for her and she married him eventually. He to walk all the way out to Black Rock for a swim and all the way back. <laughs> walk all the way and I always remember the tattoo was on that year. And my friends, we all walked down to Balls Bridge. And there was a shilling in, but it was sixpence for the soldiers. But my friend was real cheeky. We went in on the soldiers' park for sixpence. <laughs> it was a beautiful summer. And we're standing, I remember being standing, waiting for it. One day we were getting a bus out to the seaside. And my friend turned, oh, she says, the war is over. The Japanese acceptance of the Fox Den terms was announced simultaneously in London, Washington, Moscow and Chongqing. General MacArthur had been appointed Allied commander to receive the surrender. He will meet Japanese representatives in Manila. Both General MacArthur and Admiral Nimitz have issued instructions that all Allied offensive operations should cease. I remember, like, those... Uh, we had a just like, we were on the rations and all that, but we seemed to get by, like, you know, but the work was hard. And it never bothered us either. And we used to walk to work and walk home, like I thought, mile and a half. And nobody thought of even getting a bus. You couldn't get buses easy that time either. The work was hard. But it didn't kill us. Hello. I have a little memory of this strike. Uh, my mother, sister and I walked in the White Swan at the, at the time of the strike. And we were went to the only one week to collect our strike pay, and we got a shilling rise. And on the way home, I decided with the shilling rise, I went to Bewley's and buy cakes for the supper tea. And when I got home, my mother and sister had done the same thing. So there was three shillings with the Bewley's cakes for the tea. This and that. I think it was silly picketing outside of a laundry and nobody in there. <laughs> but we used to have to go on air pickets just the same, like, you know. Lily Marlene. You know that's a parody. Oh, yes, they had um, a parody on, on the air of Lily Marlene. I forget the words yeah. of that, do you? Outside the laundry, we'd have to put up a strike. Oh, yeah. For a fortnight's holiday. <laughs> we said we'd have to strike. So I don't know what happened after that. That's right, yeah. yeah. It was to the air of Lily Marlene. Lily Marlene, you know. The sang, used to sing it up and down. They walked up and down. I forget the words of it. And we used to have meetings in the mansion house. <laughs> Some of them used to be all full of fun. They used to get up on the stage and start singing and dancing. Outside the laundry, we put up a fight. For a fortnight's holiday, they say we'd have to strike. Oh, yes. Oh, God, the mansion house rang out. It definitely did. And the butchers came and joined them at celebrations. And it was a victory, it was, because, as I say, we got shorter hours 
And we got Fortnite's holiday. Trust that was. That was fabulous now, you know. And things became easy. And then there was more modern machinery brought in and uh, the lifestyle became really much better for everybody. The wages were increased, you know. So the end of the strike was really fabulous now for us all. And it was a victory, it was. It was a very good victory one for the women of Ireland. We got to know other laundries as well, so we, we kept in touch through any problems we had. They were there to touch, just to call yes, on them. We were all loyal to one another. We were all loyal. That was, that's, that's, that's the essential word there, loyalty. But uh, we were all glad after 13 weeks, and you know me, I wanted to go to a dance and I had no money, so I was very pleased for that. No, we really felt we had... We had achieved something. We really felt that the women of Ireland were starting to be uplifted. Yeah. I mean, I felt that. And, and the vibes came from our leaders. You know, I think we wonderful. And and any time I've ever forgotten it, and I walk through the green, and I see Louis Bennett's seat there. I God, I can hear the I can hear the mansion house. I tell you, if I was to go into that round room in the mansion house now, that atmosphere would be there. We are the working women who will not be put down.